Hello, everyone. Welcome to Collisions YYC Current and Critical. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. Thank you for joining me today for another good old-fashioned chat. It's a new year on the podcast, and I'd like to introduce you to some changes that we're making to the show. We're excited to introduce our partnership program. This will allow us to showcase more of the leaders, innovators, and organizations who are at the forefront of the economic transformation happening in our city and our province. Take a few minutes and be curious. Visit their websites, check them out on social media, and most importantly, get involved where you can. Hello and welcome to Clinton's YYC. I'm going to start right at it with a warm welcome to Michelle Kuipers and Judy Fairburn. How are we doing, ladies? Great. Excellent. Thank you Excellent. both for being on the show. Judy, thanks for coming back on. You were one of my guests in the early days. I think maybe ooh, within the first 10 episodes uh, we had you on and we're now, I think, 100. By the time we get this one out, we'll be 110, 115 episodes in. And it's been a fantastic journey. So thank you for being there from the beginning. And I think this was just, you had just let the cat out of the bag, I think, to me, maybe not even online, about this amazing new program that you were getting involved with called The 51. And we're now maybe a year and a half later, and I'm really excited to have both of you on to tell a little bit of the story behind the 51, your reason for being, and some of the amazing things you're doing. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to you guys, because you're going to do a much better job of describing it than I will. Tell us about the 51. So indeed, I mean, when, when we <laughs> chatted before, there's so much to talk about, but uh, we have created in less than two years... A, uh, a substantial financial feminism platform and, and venture fund that uh, pulls together uh, a community of investors, uh, female-led capital, uh, founders, and a big community that aspires as well to really advancing the, uh, the influence and impact we have um, with respect to being influential consumers, investors, and uh, innovators. And active, we put a lot of things to work. Community. A lot of things to work. So this is this is a business venture, and Shelley can elaborate more. Shelley, yeah. o- Shelley, over to you. That was a very nice handoff, Judy. Very professional on you. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it. Uh, what's really cool about the Fifty One is it's founded based on lived experiences. So, you know, Judy, myself, Alice, the three co-founders, um, we all experienced some aspect that led itself to the Fifty One meaning um, we've either been an entrepreneur trying to get funded, uh, we've been an, an investor investing in an entrepreneur and seeing, okay, maybe you know we're the only woman in the room um, or yet another male entrepreneur, where are the women entrepreneurs? Um, and then, you know, Judy was, you know, an innovate, uh, still is, but, uh, you know, inside of a corporate organization, an innovation leader, and then drove... Uh, venture funds from uh, a corporate perspective. And I think, you know, all of us coming together and sharing our stories was really the impetus uh, for the 51. We were like, this needs to change. It needs to change across the board. Where are the women, both on the entrepreneur and on the investor side? Um, And then the other thing that was really important to us was that this didn't, um, that this wasn't an investment club. It wasn't something exclusive. You know, we weren't going to hang out in the boardroom at Ranchman's and instead we were going to build a community that said, you know, you might not be here today. You might not be an entrepreneur today. You might not be an investor today, but you will be. And so we took a 10 year horizon with a 51 to build a community that drove participation across all of all of what we're trying to do. 
I, I appreciate starting out of the gate with dropping that you have to be this tall to ride the ride. And there's so many of these things you hear, but they're, the doors are closed for so many people, which implies that if you're not here now, well, we're not going to even help you get here. And that kind of, you're not really setting yourself up for the future with that mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. It's kind of like, you know, our role wasn't, our role at 51 wasn't to make wealthier people wealthier. Our role was to say there's net new value to be created both by the innovator and the investor and let's come together and create this new value and let's democratize access to this new value. And so that was kind of an inherent principle in the 51 uh, that we wanted to be a community and a platform for participation to change all of the statistics and what we're sitting in and observing today. Well, I hear you loud and the word community. I'm hearing you say loud and clear because it has a certain definition that is that is inclusive, not not exclusive. So you both mentioned it. You you said you know you've had your own experiences. Uh, I'm going to be blunt and just ask like, how broken was it? Or you know I'm not going to say is it because you guys are clearly contributing to change. But how broken was the world of either female investors, people wanting to become investors that were female that had capital and didn't know how to participate, to female entrepreneurs getting doors closed in their face, maybe unnecessarily. Because I'll just be blunt, because of gender. Yeah, so I think I think if we look at the statistics, whether it's Canada, US, and it's actually regressed in the last year, um, we were at maybe three to four percent of, of women-led ventures receiving early stage um, capital from investors. Um, and then you, you contrast that to here in Alberta, actually, where uh, you know some great great uh, studies have been done, where you know we've led the nation in uh, the proportion, almost double the national average of women-led or, or co-led tech companies at 30% number, of companies. Yeah, and, Canadian number was in the low 60s, but the Alberta was in the mid to high 80s or something like that? Or like a, uh, well, that's, an, that's broader entrepreneurs. Bro- broader entrepreneur. Yeah, that was and, a stat that really resonated. Yeah, I was quite yeah. proud of that statistic. I was like, that is great to hear. And anything that but puts Alberta in a good light, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of. And, and then you get the innovation-based businesses, tech-based right. businesses, uh, 30% uh, women-led, co-led. Um, but and then we started to see, you know, other pieces uh, get studies out there. You get out a couple of years in these businesses. Maybe only six percent of the businesses that are a couple of years old that are innovative businesses are actually led by women. And we said, okay, we've learned an awful lot. Not only is the capital not coming in, but the businesses aren't growing or being sustained. And we've got a lot of experience. Us um, and then, you know, there's so many. And I think we talked about this before unbelievable um, men and particularly women in this province and their experience. And so what we built is not just a group of investors, but a group of very active investors that builds on our experience and, and, and all of their experience, uh, amazing backgrounds in terms of our investment community, coupled with the broader, bigger community that we have that propels. And it's this nice, virtuous flywheel is, is you put in the capital, you put in the experience, it helps these businesses um, scale up and be successful and, and create wealth but and also create social environmental impact. And so it, it's pretty cool. It, and and it's, it's self-reinforcing because we take the attitude, you bring the expert, you know, you bring our financial capital, you bring our intellectual, what's in our head and our networks, and you bring we care, our human capital to bear, boy, there's an impact. No question. I'm curious, what, what do you think or do you have a point of view, just uh, your, your own thoughts on this? Why is it so much better? Why is it better in Alberta? I know we're still trying to make it better, but to hear those statistics against the national averages, what is it about Alberta in your, in your mind that allows that to be, like there's work to be done, but we're already starting from a better place. Anything that you guys, as two, two individuals who have spent time growing your careers and participating in this marketplace? Yeah, I mean, I, 
I think a big part of it is uh, we're a province that's always been less reliant on government, um, which means it's kind of up to us to do it. And I think if we look at, even look at Calgary um, last year and the numbers came out, um, record uh, amount of venture capital came into the city. Um, and I don't think that that was necessarily conducive to government policies or affinity with the government, with the innovation sector that we were trying to create. And I'm not saying that there was opposition there, but I think what really drove that was the people getting to work and telling the stories of the innovation that's happening and, and going to that capital that maybe would invest in traditional industries and saying, there's a whole new segment of innovation to invest here. So I think uh, it was all of us going to work despite the conditions of maybe government policy, of COVID, of the realities of the industries that are around us that were really suffering. I think we just got to work and we created, you know, an, an like a, a amazing amount of venture capital that came to the city last year. And I think, you know, we have a dynamic here that is a make it happen place. Get her done. Yeah, Get absolutely. her done, right? Yeah. And I think you throw you layer onto that the tremendous challenges that have ha that are ha ongoing in this province. And and people naturally will just dig deep and say, okay, you know, there's actually opportunity in all these challenges. And, really? and I think, so we see the rise of, and think about what you've been doing and interviewing and all the change that's happened in, in, in Alberta in the last couple of years. It's the rise of the tech firms, the, the firms that are doing well with exits. Um, and, and I think the other really interesting thing is, you know, what we're doing here is we're unlocking um, founders, we're unlocking new, new investors, and we're unlocking the talent that's there. Yeah. Talent plus attitude, and then you add, the fuel. You add yeah. the fuel of support and funding. Uh, but I love what you said about the flywheel. It's not just putting money at something. It's bringing expertise to bear. Because giving someone money, if you still don't know what the next step is. And I've had a lot of founders come on and say, you know, it's a little bit challenging sometimes in this market to find that person who's two steps ahead of you, who's stepped on those landmines yet, because they're maybe new in a tech innovation ecosystem versus other parts, you know, geographic areas in the U.S., We'll, we'll use the universal in the valley. You're, you're sitting in the coffee shop and around you are three, four other people that are three exits in and they've got money and experience and a Rolodex of introductions. So what I'm hearing when you guys talk about community, this was the 51's goal was to bring all that together, not just to get female investment off the sidelines, but it was also to include, create participation. Yeah, absolutely. And knowing, and we've heard it from some of the entrepreneurs that we've invested in, uh, you know, all of them are committed to coming back and being an investor in the 51. So they're like, okay, you know, I'm going to turn around and give back to the same community that just gave to me. Um, but like Judy said, you know, this isn't, uh, this isn't a charitable effort. Uh, we are in this to create uh, financial value for those that are investing, for the entrepreneurs that we're investing in, and for the broader community that we're looking to activate over time. Um, that doesn't mean we don't have a not-for-profit. We do. It sits side-by-side side with the 51 Ventures. Um, but we want to create new wealth through uh, venture investing and through and coupling that with innovation, knowing that you know the wealth transfer for women is well underway. And I think it's 60%, 65% of all wealth in Canada by 2030 will be sitting with women. 
Um, and so what are we going to do with that wealth, right? Um, are we going to be equipped as investors, as money managers, as innovators, as business leaders and business managers? So we also see that, you know, the 51 has a responsibility to really provide a platform so that we are equipped um, to do with our wealth what is possible. What I appreciate when you think about a 10 year horizon, there's many stages of that, of that evolution of like, as you build wealth and it cycles itself back into the, into the community. Just curious and working with women in this, in, in this environment, and it will sound like a silly question, I guess, is there areas where women are better at it than guys? And that's not a, that's not an either or us and them. I'm, I'm very, my, so my, my, my best people in my life are all very successful women, but they approach things slightly differently. Sometimes there's a little less macho and a little more balance. And I don't know, I'm going into a weird territory here. I'm probably going to regret even asking this question. <laughs> and, and there's some good stuff. What are the differences? What are the differences that you guys see? I mean, let's start at performance. I mean, the CFA, Chartered Financial Institute, has got a good stat, that, and it's, it's in other places as well, that women-led businesses outperform males by 63%. And I think it's because of the fact that we look at multiple facets. Mm, and, okay. and, and then you prepare to address those, those things and what it's going to take to be successful. And, and, uh, and I think there, there is a natural tendency, particularly I think the world of entrepreneurialism is hard. It's hard. It's <laughs> tough. And it takes a lot of courage to even do it. So if you're going to take the courage to do it, you know, um, one's going to make sure that you're going to set yourself up for success. And, um, and I think, you know, the other thing that we, we can share an awful lot of, about what we are finding and where, we're, where we find ourselves and our group of investors in the broader communities making the most difference uh, to even have these businesses start but then be able to scale successfully. And, and I think, you know, what, what's the difference there? I mean, we are working at putting women in the driver's seat. It's, an, it's, it's one thing to be along for the ride, but we all know when you're in the driver's seat, you notice the path. We making it's money. It's the view is different. It absolutely the view is. is different. And so putting yeah. yourself in the situation where you're having to make the money decisions, the difficult choices, what do I have to do here to prioritize? Um, that that's really, really critical. So a lot of what we're doing is helping businesses, um, you know, how do they, they they turn from a good idea to actually be a venture that a company that can scale and be successful commercially and then have even more impact um, on the bottom line, but also social environmentally. And then, you know, from Shelley's world, deep background and on marketing strategy and, 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 and how do you actually move beyond, shall you say this so well, from the network you know to sell to, to the ones you don't even know and, and build a scale. We need that so much in terms of, of, of Alberta and what we can bring to the world. And so that's an example of what we are bringing with the 51 is all this expertise to have these companies that have good ideas be, if we look down the, down the road at the statistics, we want to see that wonderful stat that we see in Alberta to double the national average be companies that, uh, that are of a sizable size be doubled the national that average actually as well. have impact. Well, when, you're an entrepreneur, when you're an entrepreneur, oftentimes the, just that confidence to know you're on the right path, but then to surround yourself with individuals to go, no, 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 you're on the right. Like there's, it's amazing how subtle and the difference that can make the difference between action and inaction. I think another thing just to build on what Judy's saying too would be this idea that I think women have quietly had the courage and now it's becoming much more vocal and prominent, uh, prevalent. Um, it's this idea that you can, uh, you can cross-section uh, profit with purpose. So 
my company can do something that's really good for my community, for society, for the environment, for the planet. Um, you know, the way I operate my company might be a little bit different. I might be more sustainable in my supply chain. Um, but then to cross-purpose that with uh, profit. So this idea that we can do good and we can make money while doing good. Um, and so I think we've maybe have had more courage around that. Um, it's now, you know, coming to light that it is a good thing. Um, you know, I think ESG is a really good um, uh, um, definition for that. But I think, I think women, by getting into business, um, they've said, but let's change something by getting into business too while we make money. Uh, so I think that would be the other difference that I see. I appreciate that. Of like, well, we're not just going to do, like, I don't want to sound silly and say it, but we're not just going to do the, the guy version that's already been done. We are going to bring our version to the table. And with a critical mass around that, there's, there should be always an opportunity. I reserve the right to do it better than I did it last time, kind of mindset. <laughs> exactly. Or create products and services that uh, don't even exist. Um, and, uh, you know, we released a press release before Christmas um, about a woman-led company, you know, a Calgarian founder. She lives in the U.S. She developed a product specifically for a demographic that didn't exist. Um, and that, again, came through lived experiences. And she was kind of going, well, that's kind of weird. Why can't I have a product um, that does this for me? And so, you know, she had the courage to go out and, and create that product. And she had all the experience to be able to do it. And, and then just having the courage to say, and that's what a great entrepreneur does. There's, some, there's a missing, um, there's a problem, a pain point here. Mm -hmm. I know how to solve that. And, and so as our, as our world becomes so much more, we demand so much personalization as consumers. I want something that is relevant to me. And I'm in a company that I'm just going to, is a very undynamic leadership team. And we look at all the problems the same way. The opportunities of someone coming in and like, wow, no one's, does no one, like sometimes it feels like there's no one else seeing this problem that I'm seeing because when you're part of that community, it's so obvious to you. And I think perspective in life is so valuable and being able to support these ideas and bring them forward, it's going to do nothing but just add to the mix. From, from well, it's going to benefit everybody. What I'm hearing you guys. Say. And you just find so many more people that are just like you by doing that. Right? <laughs> well, yes, and the and world becomes smaller every day, doesn't it? <laughs> that's right. And what's so neat is that we have such a realm of, of investors in our community from all different walks of life. Innovation happens when you collide people from different frames. And, so you guys are currently setting up. You're setting up a fund right now. And that fund is being invested by by investors, male or female, right across the country. What's the percentage, or like how how's that unfolding? So let's maybe just get into the nuts and bolts of what you guys are. I love the philosophical side, but let's talk about the realities of the rubber meets the road stuff. So yeah. you're, so, so t t talk to me about the fund, and we can maybe unpack that a little bit. Let the audience in. Let, let them peer in behind the curtain. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll just jump in and kind of uh, talk a little bit about how it came to be. Um, you know, we really um, co-created the fund that we've taken to market with the community that we've surrounded ourselves with. Um, and so while we got to work uh, back in March 2019 and we just said, let's just bring our network together and an investment opportunities together and see what happens, guess what? We were able to activate capital for female entrepreneurs. So we're like, this is working. Um, and what we consistently heard from our community was, you know, I would really love to invest in a fund that the 51 would lead. So I didn't have to spend time picking, 
you know, what might be a successful entrepreneur, you would look after that for me and I would have the benefit of a portfolio approach. And so, um, you know, we're all well aware of what happened in March of last year. Um, you know, COVID really accelerated our thinking um, and what we wanted to do there. We went from, you know, I would say a very organic approach, um, working with our community, um, doing the work with our community to, okay, we have a window of opportunity to get really well organized and launch a fund. Um, and so we sought insights and ideas from our community over the summer and then launched it in September. Oh, wow. So when you guys started, I know you talked about a longer 10-year vision. It sounded like it was a bit more, I don't want to use the word organic to, to, to minimize it, but you didn't start with the fund in mind. This It evolved very quickly based on need. Is that what you're both smiling a little yeah, bit? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we came together as, as women very motivated um, to invest in female-led companies and women-led companies. And then started the flywheel started to turn. And more people wanted to get involved, but maybe they didn't have as much time or, or direct networks to where the, you know, the appropriate fit on founders is. And so they said, yeah, but I'd love if you created a fund. And that way you get more of a portfolio, which meant it's early stage investing, right? It's, it's risky. Um, and it's for credit investors um, to start here uh, that have uh, a certain but very accessible wealth level. I mean, we, we have investors and we've set the level intentionally very accessible at 5100 a year for three years. And it goes up from there. Um, and, and, but we were getting feedback that, yeah, if you set a fund that I can get involved, my money's being put to work for a, for a purpose that's really meaningful to me, and I'm going to learn. And so the key aspect of you know, what we are bringing here is the value of learn by doing. And Which so, is um, arguably one of the best ways. And that's certainly the, well, uh, not that this isn't across Canada, but that's very much the Alberta way, right? Roll up your sleeves and like, yeah. let's, well, let's, give, let's get at her and we'll see what happens. And yeah, we've get got to work. Yeah. And so indeed throughout here, we've been responding to the fact that there is strong interest. We've got market fit and, and women this, uh, you know, we are, we are beyond Canada in terms of our membership. Started here, founded in Calgary, but we've gone Canadian, American, overseas now. And uh, investors are, are, are Canadian, by the way, we've structured it. Um, and, um, you know, basically, that's just the start. That's just the start. Clearly, I have no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> So you mentioned community. You said offline, and we want to bring it in. You said you have uh, over ten thousand. You've, you've hit just hit the ten thousand member mark of community members, and that's everyone from someone who's investing in the fund to someone who's participating and engaged in your content. And I know you guys are very active with your coffees on Fridays, and you do so many things to bring that community together. Back to the accessibility, and that's you built up a ten thousand person community literally through COVID, like basically in no time at all. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. And I mean, I think COVID, again, was a bit of a, a blessing for us because, you know, we focused on physical events to start and we were. And so our community was always based on, well, how many people can we fit into a, a physical space? So uh, when COVID hit in March, we were like, let's go digital. Uh, but what was really cool is our team had the ability to do it so we could very quickly pivot into digital we started executing on that vision and then the community just started to grow um, kind of exponentially from there. And I think that that was a really good fit, uh, kind of a good um, kind of cross-section again with uh, delivering products to market. So um, we weren't limiting um, our target market to those that could attend an event. 
we were opening up our target market for our fund across our social channels, our mailing list, those that have attended events, um, those that were kind of or, or organically investing with us through um, the work that we were doing as a precursor to the fund, um, you know, the conversations that we were having with strategic partners across the country. So it, it just enabled us to activate um, such a, a larger pool of potential investors for the fund. And such a, as a marketer, when you think product market fit and, you know, the, the old adage, well, everybody's my customer. Well, when you think about your group of individuals of I'm actively interested, concerned, and wanting to be involved in female-led investing businesses, you can be 25 or 55 and still share the same common set of values around that, which creates such an opportunity for rapid growth, to your point. And whether you're in Ontario or Alberta, I still care about the same things. That's such a, that's gold from a marketing perspective, not to, not to minimize it, but also I believe nothing more powerful than an idea whose time has come as well. It's <laughs> an old yeah. saying. And, and it's pretty cool, our investor group. I mean, they are a cross-section of, uh, of amazing women and men. Um, I, I was going to ask because I do. I know a couple yeah. men that are, that are that are involved. What's the percentage? If you look at your, you know, what do you, do you have it down to the number? What's what? How many men versus women are actually involved? Because there's a lot of men I know that also want to invest in female-led businesses as well. And we're very open to that. I mean, it's yes. more feminist capital in terms of those that aspire to women being equal in all things financial, and uh, and you know, our investors. It's ninety percent women, thirty um, percent new to to venture investing. Uh, we've been very careful to outline the risks of early stage investing, uh, and also um, the the opportunity to be there to shape as influential investors and consumers and, and innovators. And people are so motivated because it has to happen. It's an opportunity that has to happen. Is and, there a real passion for this? I'm hearing it loud and clear, oh, yeah. but it sounds like there's this huge underpinning for mentorship and like. Like, I don't want to just give you my money. I don't want to just write a check. I actually want to be part of something. And that's different. Like, there's the old, you know, hey, I can mail a check here. It's, it's like it's like mailing a check to a, to a charity or going down and working and helping and being involved. It feels like you definitely have a group of people that, that want to, it not, it's not just about writing a check. It's actually being part of something, which is so powerful. Yeah, I mean, maybe we can tell, we can tell you some of our earlier companies that we funded uh, ahead of the fund being started. And some of the amazing things that have happened there. Please share a few stories. This is what the show is about: is to get people to gurus, Shelly. Yeah, um, virtual gurus, and you know, she's she's, she's the best, right? She's the force to be reckoned with, right there. She's like the Calgary heartthrob right now. Yeah, she's so good. Yeah, and like again, um, you know, there's a founder and a business that's thrived during this really challenging time, right? Uh, talk about product market fit. Um, the yes. timing was was really right there. Um, but you also have an entrepreneur um, like Bobby who really surrounds herself with advice, mentors, champions, the whole community, her team. Um, you know, she just like if you know if virtual gurus is going to be successful. I need much more than financial capital. I need a community around me to be successful. And well, guess what? Community's at the heart of her business too. Um, and, you know, Bobby's an example of someone, uh, you know, and I think we can say this where she's like, oh, I love the 51. And like, you know, when I'm successful with my company, I'm going to become an investor in the 51 too. So it's this whole idea that, you know, there is an opportunity for a very strong circular economy between women with money and women that are innovating what we want to see in the world. And that's really what we're bringing together. Um, I also think uh, the 51 has kind of kicked open the door um, to, to, to bring up this conversation and this topic. Um, 
you know, what we've really uncovered through the 51, and we've got more stories on the entrepreneur and the investor side, is that women are like, oh, this is so cool. Like, you want to talk to me about this? I didn't know that there was a place where I could talk to. Or, um, and Judy knows this story well, um, you know, my husband's always invited to invest in early stage companies. I never am. Um, now I'm invited. And so it's really an invitation to talk about money, to talk about wealth, to talk about investing, to talk about entrepreneurship in a really honest, authentic way, um, and to do it together as a collective and a community to make the changes that we want to see. Yeah, exactly. And our investors, they're, they're all walks of life. They're teachers, they're doctors, they're bankers, they're lawyers, they're experienced private equity fund managers, Board directors, you know, serial entrepreneurs, engineers, it, we have the gamut. And, and the richness of that uh, means that, you know, when we are looking at opportunities and we seek their input um, on, on due diligence and the like, boy, we got a group to draw upon. Are you seeing a change? Are you seeing the larger traditional investment vehicles of the world, institutional investors, are, is, are they starting to get wise to these opportunities? You know, I've had Shannon Peston on, I've had Alex Newth talking about accessibility in the banking sector and how women are being kind of like, you know, held out of certain things because of the difficulty to access funds. And are, are, are people starting to get it? Because there's always groups like yourselves who get out there and blaze the trail and very quickly other groups step in behind and act like it was always their idea. Is that happening yet or are we still on our way to that? Or is that... Is is that a hope that that starts to happen? Yeah, and I would say, um, you know, if we were first with the idea uh, and there's others coming uh, behind us, side by side with us, game on. That's what we need, right? Um, it's and, abundance, you know, right? It's not scarcity. Yeah, exactly. And Judy and I had the opportunity to uh, to initiate Canada 51 with Sandpiper Ventures out of, out of Atlanta, Canada. And that was uh, to do just that, is to go, the 51 can't be the sole solution for this. We need many different types of organizations um, to advance this movement of financial feminism and to provide solutions to the market. That being said, you know, uh, I think we would agree that there's still a huge opportunity in the market for us. Um, we know that traditional banks maybe still even today take you know a, a financial service product and put a wrapper on it and and call it a product you know designed and designed for women when it's really just the same product and it probably has the same biases built into it. So for us, you know, we really want to reinvent that whole financial service experience for women. Uh, you know, women that are looking to um, to activate their capital, women that are looking to to build and manage their business, and those that are aspiring. Um, so, it's lots of white space still. Yes, I, yes, the opportunity abounds. Curious when you look globally. It's you know we're in Canada, and obviously we're in Western Canada, but always looking to other parts of the world that may be doing things better or different. And there's different levels of sophistication from the, even the financial systems in other parts of the world. Did you guys look to any examples of like, wow, I love how they're doing it over there, or was this more you had to kind of had your own whiteboard and had to figure it out? So definitely inspired. We've been inspired by south of the border. And then, okay. you know, we, this all started and got, you know, we both had our ideas, but it got kicked off on a, a Silicon Valley road trip. And, uh, and we got like some things some there. We had we'll talk about that on another podcast. Yeah, that actually motivated us even more for the model. That it, was we like, it, was the, it was the trip about what we weren't going to exactly, do. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Which is powerful to know what's yeah. on the, what's on the don't do the don't do. And there's some great things going on there, too. There's some, you know, there's some efforts down south of the border that we admire. 
Um, and But we knew what was going to work here in the Canadian context. Also been inspired by what's going on in the UK. And, um, we, you know, in this day and age, we draw inspiration and learnings from many different realms. And I think one of the interesting things, too, is, is you know, we've pulled together um, expertise and you know, we talk about Shelley and I as co-CEOs here, co-founders Alice Reimer, um, mm-hmm. as well another very, very dynamic co-founder, and our amazing group of early investors that have been with us as in guidance on the, dress, the direction and set up of the fund, the likes of Elizabeth Cannon um, and, um, and Allison Sundstrom, who's very experienced in the ag tech uh, and even mm-hmm. herself. So we've had a great group, plus all the other investors that have joined us since and other influencers. And so we come at this with great depth around um, what it takes to run successful businesses, build successful businesses in digital commerce, whether that's direct-to-consumer or inter- enterprise digital, ag, ag food, health, clean tech. We come at this with depth. And and so, so you know, we, we, we offer this opportunity at a time when it's so critical in Canada, continue to scale ourselves to, to larger um, businesses, as particularly yes, Alberta. On, 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 our need to diversify and, and broaden and broaden our wings globally is so critical right yeah. now. We can't we can't rely on across the street anymore. We're like across the street is now around the world. Yeah. Um, so, so from the perspective of the fund, I understand because we talked a little bit offline. You had held it over a little bit into the new year because obviously 2020 was. I understand. I really appreciate like COVID was a good thing that happened because it pushed us to be different. And I choose to look at COVID that way whenever I can, aside from all the negatives. But you held it over a little bit. So what, what's like logistically, uh, it's open till the end of the month, January 31st. I always love a little call to action. Yeah. If people are hearing this and they're excited, can they still get involved? Yeah, we had, we uh, pushed really, really hard um, towards Christmas and we had just a few, a number of people that said to us, actually, please just give me a little bit more time into January. I said, okay, uh, because we had strong interest, but we have to close it in January 31st. And the reason is because we've actually already made, we've reached, we've raised enough that we went well by our minimum. And uh, we've actually done our initial investments. Shelley touched on one earlier. And, and so, yeah, it gets to a point where it's really, really important to come in because you, the early investors um, are, uh, and, and they as founders uh, had, have a little bit of an extra uh, treat in terms of management fee structure, but, but, but it's, it's fair to, to, to close it soon and, have, and get, get involved because we're having some great traction. We're already doing it. I'm already driving performance. I, 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 I driving. like that comment. We're, we're already doing the thing. Yeah. I, I like that yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So join the fund. Contact Judy and I. But I would also say we're looking, um, you know, we're looking to activate family offices and foundations as well. So um, that's really important to us. And again, in the Calgary context, there's an enormous opportunity because we know that families have traditionally invested in other sectors and industries. And so we are really trying to provide... Um, not just uh, a gender diversity uh, vehicle mm-hmm. for investing, but also the innovation uh, that the women that we're investing in, what are they innovating around? And Judy just spoke to that. So it's diversification on many different levels. And so we really want to get um, some of the, the leading families on board in Calgary uh, in our fund as well. Absolutely. I, I heard you say earlier about you know tr- 
traditional investment like ways of doing it has some of the change and the disruption that's obviously happened in Western Canada. Like we 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 were already being well disrupted or structurally changed before COVID came. Is that also creating some opportunity where you know family family funds are looking to do things differently and maybe not traditionally investing in the energy sector where they've had a proven return and you know quote unquote had a formula. So I'm assuming that also there's opportunity amongst some of the some of the disruption. Absolutely. And many of us are involved in Creative Destruction Lab. So we see um, a great breadth of companies in terms of, you know, and one of the questions we get is, well, are there many female founded companies? And we already talked about the amazing statistics in Alberta in particular and also in Canada. And, uh, you know, we've got a pipeline well over 100. And we've been, you know, narrowing it down. Actually, our broader community has hundreds of female of, of women entrepreneurs. And then, you know, we, we've narrowed it down to those that are um, invest, you know, that are appropriate and innovative businesses for us to invest in. And, and then, and then, you know, we have very, very, very select investments, but there is lots of, of, of great women led companies and uh, it's really encouraging. So I think as it comes to, to, you know, investors and things of that nature, there's an opportunity here. And uh, we talked earlier um, and to diversify here locally, as well as um, really strong, strong uh, founders. And I think as we look at this, and Shell's, you know, developed a great, you know, quote, um, which she may want to give here. And uh, if we change the capital, we put in the venture system. Yeah, it's this idea that, you know, if we change the capital going into the system and we change who manages the system, we're going to invest in different things. Um, and so we're really trying to affect that. And you, like Judy said, we're at 90% women's capital. That's unheard of in a venture fund in Canada. So, okay, we're, you know, we're, we're trying to to attack that first step. You know, we are a team of women that's managing this fund Okay, and we've got the pipeline of, of women entrepreneurs. So we feel like side by side with the existing system, we will be quite disruptive um, and attractive for, for investors. And so we aspire and we, and we know we can do it, be the feminist capital center of Canada. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love it. I love, I love, a, sta- I love a good stake in the ground. You, Judy, you said that with a little glint in your eye. Everyone's going to hear this, not see it. But oh, I, I appreciate that. When you hear the word feminist capital, you defined it briefly, but just for anyone who's listening who's like, well, what does that actually mean? Is that actually, and I didn't just, I could just Google it, but it's much more fun to ask you guys. What is the actual definition when you say feminist capital? Shelly, over to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and we, you know, uh, it, when we first got the 51 started, you know, feminist was kind of like, oh, we don't want to use that word. And, and now the community's really embracing it. But I think, you know, we kind of look at it as there's the financial feminism movement, which belongs to all of us, which is really, you know, equality for women financially. And we say that that's the last frontier of feminism, um, that women will have financial equality, right? Because with that equality, we will be able to do different things. We will be able to put our posi- uh, put ourselves in positions of more power, right? Because capital is power. Um, you know, we talk about financial feminists, um, you know, that's how we identify members of our community. So I am a financial feminist, join the 51. Um, but feminist capital, I think, is this idea that um, we believe in equality for women, both on the capital side and the entrepreneur side. So, you know, we're putting the, the money or the capital to work to change both of those statistics, both women as investors and women as entrepreneurs. And if we build, if I could, on the, the wealth transfer statistic earlier, 
we have a situation, you know, we, the trends are saying by the end of the decade, 65% of the wealth will be, will be controlled by women, as Shelley said. It's so critical that women strive to be equal in all matters financial so that they yes. are well prepared to manage that wealth. Hence, financial feminism is, is an imperative. You have to be equal in matters financial. And, and so learn by doing is, is how we make that happen here. And feminism isn't a dirty word. <laughs> no, but it's funny because it sometimes has that reaction. And I saw, I saw you both kind of do it when I asked the question because it has this weird connotation that with, without being educated, it could be, like, again, we all bring our baggage to the table, right? Whatever, whatever, whatever that thing is we're carrying over, carrying over shoulder. And when you think about, you just say it simply as like everyone needs equal access to equality at the most simple level but you throw the word feminism it just hasn't interesting because it's a powerful world it's a word that gets a reaction which is what you want because this is something that you guys are actively doing this there's nothing passive about your approach from what I'm what I'm hearing which is what I love nothing by accident here um, also the, this the art of the possible the more you do it I can only imagine not to use steal your word but the flywheel concept the more women become successful and the more other women see that, the permissibility and the art of the possible just like, to me, it just grows exponentially in a, in a world where obviously we're on that path and things like what you're doing are only going to accelerate that or are accelerating it as your community grows rapidly. Um, question about, so I'm an, I have an idea. I'm, I'm a woman with an idea. I've got this, like, no one is answering. How would I even begin down this path? Because maybe, maybe this is a whole other podcast unto itself. But, you know, I understand the investment vehicle side. And I understand, you know, the, the accredited investors and that. But thinking about getting involved with you and getting into your, into your pipeline, how would someone go about that in a practical way? So let's give a few email addresses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, contact here, go here. Yeah. Entrepreneur at 51.com is a good start. Yeah. Okay, I, awesome. I think... Um, you know, we've been overwhelmed. Um, and I'll just put that out there. Like, we have been overwhelmed by the incoming interest by entrepreneurs to, to, to find out if we could be a potential uh, capital partner for them. And so I know that there's entrepreneurs out there that have pinged us that are still waiting for us to return their ping. There is no question. Well, send the message out that your, your, yeah, your, exactly. your email is not lost. We just have a Yeah, exactly. We're behind on our email. But, um, <laughs> but what I would say is, uh, you know, like, like Judy said, we ha we've set up a venture fund. And that venture fund has very specific requirements around what we can invest that capital in. Um, you know, it's not an angel fund. It's not a micro loan fund. It's not a debt instrument. It's not, um, uh, you know, a bank loan. It is a venture fund. And so when Judy's talking about the criteria and the process that we take those entrepreneurs through to determine whether or not they're a fit, it's because we really have to drive a return on that fund for our investors. Um, and so entrepreneurs today can reach out to us. They can get in touch with us. Um, you know, we respond, I would say, almost like sometimes immediately or a week or two. Um, then um, uh, our amazing team um, at the 51, uh, somebody from our team would, you know, have, contact, have kind of first contact with that entrepreneur, get to know them. We're really big on storytelling, so we want to hear your story. Um, why did you come up with your with the business idea? Where are you? Where do you want to go? Um, what do you think the 51 can bring to your company? Because we want to bring much more than financial capital to you. Like Judy was saying, we want to bring our intellectual and human capital side by side with our financial capital. 
Um, and then we have a process where, you know, we determine whether or not it could be a fit for the fund. Um, that, meet, that means meeting more members of our team. That means our team debriefing on the investment opportunity. Um, but then there's this broader community of entrepreneurs that maybe aren't a fit for the fund. And I would say we equally work with them to determine, well, how can we help? Um, are there other funding vehicles that are a possibility? Are there uh, non-dilutive grants that can tap into? Um, so I would say first and foremost, contact us at entrepreneur at the 51.com. Somebody from our team uh, will get engaged with you. We want to hear your story. We want to hear your vision. Uh, like Judy says, think big. Like tell us that big, hairy, audacious goal that you're trying to achieve. Get us inspired. Um, and then, you know, there will be an opportunity to present to our broader team. Um, so, yeah, that's, that would be kind of how to, how to get involved in, in kind of a typical process. We have people stalking us on LinkedIn, on Twitter, <laughs> Instagram. That's awesome. And, do you, and, and are you attracting, obviously, you're open to opportunities anywhere, anywhere in Canada? Yeah. And we have some select ones we look at at US, US as well, where there's a unique oh, okay, connection. Okay, okay, so okay. So yeah. from an investment vehicle specifically, yeah. you're, it's Canadian investors, but from an opportunity. Well, you mentioned one. You said south of the border that you, that you had met. Yeah. Well, when you think of as soon as you like, well, Canada's got is big enough, but as soon as you start going beyond our borders, the opportunity for people to reach out to you that sounds like that email account might get quite filled up. Yeah, that's why we have such a strong portfolio of opportunities. And, yes, and, well, and, and again, uh, and as Charlie said- embarrassment of riches in this case is good for everybody. Right. No, um, we'll go focus on those that fit with the venture fund, but we're continuing to stand up um, um, opportunities for the founders more generally to be able to engage with us. So stay tuned in 2021 for more on that frame. We go oh, I was, oh, you beat me. I was going to say, yeah. so are we going to, is this going to, can we let any, can we let anything sneak out here on this episode of what's coming? I feel that, I feel there's a whole whiteboard of ideas yeah. brewing behind both of you right now. Well, I mean, I think that let's talk the broader community of 10,000, yes. the whoever you are, um, the financial feminism and uh, feminist membership is for you. $51 a year. That was a bit of pre-sale before Christmas. Amazing uptake um, into our community. So that's that big, broad community. Come on in. Um, and then uh, for, for those that are uh, founders and entrepreneurs, we've talked about how to come into that. And that, those that are, that are investors and accredited investors, that's the way the regulatory works right now. Uh, more than $200,000 a year in income yourself alone or 300 with a spouse or assets of a certain level. Um, and, and it's a reasonable, um, then send us, an, and if you're interested and intrigued here, send us an email at investor at the 51.com. We'll get back to you right away to see if this is a fit for you. Um, and again, you know, we're, we're thrilled to have 90% uh, women's capital unheard of, as Shelley said, in Canada, as well as some amazing, amazing uh, guys and, and others that are, that are, um, uh, see the potential of what we're doing. Uh, so, and, and I think in, in, in 2021, you know, along with the investor, uh, it, it is capital that comes in, but an awful lot of other opportunities for learning. We have monthly lunch and learns to unpack uh, what this world of venture investing is about in its lexicon. We've got an upcoming trend session. I mean, one of the interesting things I think about the group of, uh, of all of us is, is I think uh, we're pretty well on all of no us known as an innovators. And with a pretty good pulse on where the trends are going, and how that apply, how that can manifest itself into some opportunities, and practical, practical business experience. And Shell, Shell can rift on that for a moment. 
Well, I, I really appreciate that. I'm going to you know, go a little more hyper-local for a second. What do you guys see for opportunity? in Because you are across Canada. I appreciate this is, this is a global opportunity that you have. But let's talk about Alberta. Let's talk about the near and dear to all of our hearts. What do you see in, in Western Canada and some of the trends that we're headed? And what are some of the things that we can expect to see unfold in the next couple of years in, uh, in our amazing province? Yeah, I... <laughs> Like for myself, uh, I was on a, a panel discussion not too long ago, and it's kind of like, what's your vision for, for Calgary? And I think, you know, for women to be fully participating in the economy, uh, whether I'm working at a company, whether I'm an, an investor or an entrepreneur, um, and really tapping into the full diversity of the 51%, um, I think it's a huge economic opportunity for Alberta and for Calgary. If we can really tap this latent... Um, population um, that hasn't maybe been fully exploited. Um, and so, you know, when I look at Alberta and Calgary, the diversification challenge or opportunity can be, you know, can be revolutionized by tapping 51% of the population. Like we have so much more to add to the GDP. And there, there are some statistics coming out of other, other countries now um, where you know we're talking trillions of dollars of value that can be activated by by fully activating 51% of the population, and so that would be kind of like my trend slash wish um, for Alberta is that over the next 10 years, um, you know we could be side by side uh, in all of these boardroom tables designing the future that we want to see here. Something I want to touch on, which I I I feel is is an unspoken, but this is. This is also about diversity and inclusion. This, this is about bringing everybody into the table. And we talk about the 51 and we're talking about it as feminism. But what I'm also hearing, and I'm assuming, and again, anything I've interacted with you guys or online, it also is about bringing everybody to the table. You should not be precluded by race, gender, or you know, any, any of the variables that should not even be a factor. Mm -hmm. So how much has that been a part of your message and getting it out there? I know the, the empowerment of women and bringing women in and supporting them and getting them into the mix. But has there also been a side around the racial component? Because certainly that's been a topic on all of our minds and it should be on all of our minds absolutely and and you know the, the community council that we've set up and shell you know, this is really your 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 initiative and really awesome to inform us um and how that's influencing uh our investment strategy and our community strategy and our and our education offerings yeah yeah so you know it was really um yeah, I mean, I I just think again, 2020, it handed it, all, it handed everything to us on a plate, and so you know we really tried to respond and say, okay, you know, we know that uh, we're predominantly a team of white women. We're going to call ourselves out first, say that we are. Yes, we started this company, um, but we have no intention of staying that way. <laughs> And so we did a call to action for a community council. We asked people to join it. People were self-nominating, being nominated. Um, and like Judy said, you know, we're looking to drive diversity across our team, across the investments that we make, our portfolio, where our capital comes from, and also to the experiences and the content that we're designing and deploying, right? So again, how do we make sure that um, we truly are representing the 51%, right? So... You know, we're talking about, you know, the current venture system doesn't represent us. Well, our venture system better represent the 51%. 
And I, I, I did want to, I, I assumed that that was an underpinning and that was part of it as listening to you talk. And I've certainly read a lot of your materials, but I think it's wise to call out because there's a, so many sensitivities and talk is one thing, but I appreciate action. And it sounds like you guys took it, took that opportunity yep. and just leaned right into it. Yeah. And I would say, uh, we're not there yet. And so, you know, I don't, I, I don't want people to look at the 51 and go, oh, they're talking the diversity game and they're not there. Um, we know that we will be evaluated on our action and our output, um, but we're good with that. <laughs> yeah, as the t two individuals that I know you both to be in the histories and your in your backgrounds, accountability is not something I think either of you shy away from. <laughs> and we're we're constantly learning. And there's one thing I I want to make sure we get a chance to speak about, which is uh, you're also going to hear uh, more uh, about the launch of the Financial Feminist Investing Lab. We're starting to take applications on that. That's a joint effort at the University of Calgary with the Canadian Women's Foundation. So again, excellent. to uh, a really excellent curriculum for um, you know primarily women that want to to get started in the world of investing, early stage investing, and uh, to build that confidence through through education and some learned experiences. So that's launching soon. Call for applications uh, and. Uh, Feel free to reach out to us if you want more information on that at hello at the 51.com. I'm just curious, how many email addresses do you guys have to manage? Because I think we're at three or four already on the show. <laughs> yeah, there's quite a few. And it's like, and we're all a bunch of squirrels behind them. Um, we have a great team. I, I believe you. This, this doesn't happen by accident. It's very, it's very busy behind the emails. But I love that Judy brought up the Financial Feminism Investing Lab. And, you know, this is a pilot. It's our first one. We, we do have a call for applications. But, you know, our plan would be, again, to democratize participation of that lab. And so, um, you know, we are looking to create a scholarship program. We're looking for people to say, to put up their hand and say, you know, I want to contribute to scholarships uh, for women uh, to learn more about finance and be financially empowered. And so, um, you know, look for more opportunities to participate and contribute to the 51 this year. Yeah. Appreciate that. Get get yeah, get get involved. Anything from and I don't want to maybe finish on this as a high note or a low note. Anything at the government level that we're doing or not doing that's holding back any of these initiatives? Oh, there I waited. Why you drop that right at the end, Tyler? <laughs> Shelly rolled her eyes at me. <laughs> um, sorry for anyone who's not seeing this. Obviously, which they're not. Uh, any 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 anything broad sweeping changes you'd like to make there? You maybe you guys want to mention at the end. <laughs> uh, I think. Well, what, you know, we're making a real impact here you know, because innovation plus investment makes the difference for influence and, and impact for, you know, financial prosperity as well as social environmental impact. And we, we commend nationally the 50-30 effort. Let's be, let's be a realistic. You do not get um, the full influence unless in society you also, you know, in terms of business and the like, unless you complement that by financial acumen. And that's what we're building. If you think about the 51 as capital, community, and learning, we are, again, building to the opening part of this conversation, that financial acumen, so that we will be, we will fully un un unlock the potential 51% of the population to create the kind of world we want to see. And tell stories. I think, um, you know, Judy's really adept at navigating um, those government boardrooms. And so, like, 
Um, maybe me, not so much, but I really believe we just have to keep telling the stories. Um, what are these women innovators doing? What kind of businesses are they creating? How many people are they employing? Uh, you know, how much value are they creating? What markets are they serving? Like, we just have to keep telling these stories. And sometimes I wish um, there was another kind of media channel in Alberta because, you know, we keep hearing from uh, our allies, uh, you know, people will be like, I didn't know about the Solium story. I didn't know about the Benevity story. Um, yet we're in that community. And so those stories aren't being told you know, often enough, loud enough. And so I think there needs to be a really strong commitment to storytelling because that will change and influence policy and, and the way the province is being perceived both internally and externally. I We have a branding problem and we have a comms problem and we absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more. It was part of the, even the impetus for starting this podcast. You talk to two people across the street and they're both trying to solve a similar problem, but neither knows the other's even working on it or has already solved it. You're like, we need to, you know, for a, such a collaborative environment, we're always not, we're, we're so busy doing the thing, head down, ass up, <laughs> you know, get, get it done. And we're not out there telling the story. So I really appreciate your angle and your aspect of communicating it because it, it makes it real. You know, you, you see it and you can't unsee it. And then you understand that like, well, if it's possible over there, then geez, maybe it's possible for me. And that, I believe that's so powerful. And yeah, yes, it, you're right. It. We spend a lot of time with the negative headlines here <laughs> or the same ones over and over again. I should, maybe that's a better way to say it. Well, thank you both for, uh, for okay, I think we need to do our, definitely some show notes just on the email addresses. Entrepreneur, hello. We had invest. We had a couple going on. So we'll definitely get that out there. Any last closing notes, words that you'd like to share with you, with your community that I hope I'll, uh, I'll tune in and listen to this awesome episode? Thank you um, for the opportunity today to those that have joined the journey on us with us. All of us are the 51 and, and collectively making an uh, impact already. And I can only dream on how far this is going to go. Uh, very, 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 very important. All of you. Thank you. Yeah. And I would just say, get activated. Um, there's lots of work to do so much opportunity and potential. So, you know, we can all do it together. So get involved and, and make the change that you want to see. Well, thank you both for coming on the show and thank you for, and you and your whole team for, you know, it takes a, takes a team to, to move, to move mountains and you guys are definitely doing that. So thank you so much for taking the time today and I really enjoyed the chat. Yeah, likewise. Thanks Tyler. Thanks Tyler.